The following episode of Politics is a commentary track on a previous episode. Round 7, Episode 1, A Hypothetical Political Expert. Originally released August 4th, 2019. Though familiarity with this episode is not required, it is highly recommended that you listen to that episode in its entirety prior to attempting this commentary track, in order to fully acquaint yourself with the themes and topics discussed. Oh, I'm sorry for sliding into the microphone. Um, Jazz, I apologize to you, and I apologize to the listener. Uh, That's an unprofessional move and a bad way to start our commentary track. Um, I was, I will, uh, I have a question, uh, Jazz, interim co-assistant producer slash intern jazz I'm wondering and this is not an accusation it's just a question for clarifying purposes why we have chosen this particular episode uh, to do a commentary track for Mm, and you can hear me uh Excuse me. me being Tim S., the oh. host of politics. Oh, oh, the host of politics. <sighs> um, with a little bit of a, a cough there. Which is fun fact that I did not feel well while recording this episode. So that I can talk about them. Welcome. This is round seven, episode one. Of and that's right, Tim. Uh, this is the commentary track episode four, round seven, episode one of Politics, which we have entitled uh, once again, a hypothetical host, political expert. And so, um, this episode, just for those who are new, and if you're new, I don't know why you're listening to a commentary track. It seems like an odd place to start. I wouldn't recommend this as a place to start with politics. Um, but you've already gotten this far, so I'm not going to tell you to turn off the episode. Um, uh, but I will advise you to make better choices next time in, uh, where and when you start enjoying a new podcast. Um, I think maybe starting with the first episode, or in this case, since we do divide politics up into rounds, you could start with... Round 7, Episode 1 itself, which is the episode that we are currently doing a commentary track for. Uh, that said, uh, this is entitled A Hypothetical Political Expert, for reasons we shall divulge later. And I will say, in retrospect, that may have not been the best name for this episode. It doesn't exactly uh, grab the listener's attention. I thought it was intriguing. I thought um, when that title occurred to me and to the politics crew, which, of course, is myself, Tim S., uh, co-interim assistant producer slash intern jazz and co-interim assistant producer Billy, who is not an intern, 
Um, when we decided to call this episode a hypothetical political expert, I think we considered it to be kind of an intriguing name. Uh, one would see that title and say, hmm, I wonder if I can find out more about uh, this hypothetical political expert by listening to the episode. But clearly, this is, uh, I believe, the least listened to episode of Politics. Right now, it only has, uh, looks like, 35 listens on SoundCloud, which is the website where we host Politics. Um, and I believe that to be well below average for this program. Uh, my understanding is that each episode typically has thousands and thousands of listeners. Uh, although that is... Information that has been regarded to me via co-associate producer slash interim intern Jazz. And so I only have Jazz's word to rely on. And Jazz is, of course, uh, sitting in the room with me, as Jazz always does during the recording of these episodes. Um, but Jazz is refusing to answer questions or to provide clarification during this commentary track, uh, as they have uh, explained to me that it would sully the process. Um, and this is supposed to be me regarding the process of politics to you, the listener, without any kind of uh, filter or um, other impurity. So I guess I'll just have to wing it. Which is a, a change from our usual uh, approach in politics, uh, where we are normally doing everything based on thorough research, uh, extensive planning, um, an almost uh, Prussian army-style setup over here at Politics HQ. So this is kind of a new territory for me and for politics, and it's a little uncomfortable. Ah, and that was uh, Tim, S, me. That was me-self. Speaking about the Petitix saga, which is one of the greatest moments in politics history. Of course, that is when I got lost in the pedestrian tunnels beneath the city of Chicago and descended through them through a series of uh, strange encounters with both natural and supernatural creatures uh, through hell itself and then back here to the good old US of A. So if you get a chance, I'd recommend checking out the Petitix Saga, which is all stuff that happened to me. So, um, uh, before we get too far into this commentary track, I want to be clear. Typically, politics is a show that is exclusively about American politics. Uh, that is to say, it's the focus of the show. Uh, it is the subject matter of which I have the most expertise. I would not consider myself to be the foremost expert on American politics. But certainly am amongst the top names when one is looking for experts in American politics. And so the average episode of, pol- of politics, the average episode of politics, 
contains almost exclusively facts and analysis and um, ruminations at times, which I suppose are not uh, facts or analysis as such. A rumination could be analysis, but it might also not be analysis. So typically that's what's most, that's most of what's in a, an episode of politics. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. And I don't want you to feel disappointed if there is less political content in this episode, which technically is not an episode, but we'll get into that, um, than there is in a usual episode of politics. This is intended more to be about how the sausage is made, which I realize is an unpleasant metaphor. No one actually wants to see how sausage is made. Um, all of us would rather go to the store, pick up two or three links, Maybe four or five if you have a bigger family. Um, I think more than five is excessive. Frankly, the idea of trying to cook more than five sausages at the same time strikes me as folly. But we want to go to the grocery store, buy our sausages, uh, choose them from a nice clean glass case, maybe have a, a, a little chat with the butcher or sausage maker. I'm not really sure if sausage making counts as being a butcher or not. I feel like that's a distinct craft. Uh, but often it is the butcher who is actually uh, making the sausage accessible to the grocery purchaser. So you go and you you, you look at the, at the sausages through the glass case. You think maybe, ooh, a, a hot Italian sausage. Well, that, that sounds nice, but it's, a, it's probably a bit spicy, and my stomach has been bothering me lately. Um, you might see a kielbasa, which I believe to be a, a type of Polish sausage, but is not itself a Polish sausage. That's a distinct type of sausage. Really one of the more poorly named sausages, both Italian sausage and Polish sausage. That strikes me as vague, because... It seems likely that countries as uh, cultured with such uh, obviously lengthy and complicated histories as Poland and, and, and Italia, which is the Italian word for Italy, surely have more than one type of sausage available. I have always found it strange that when you go to the grocery store to pick out two or three types of sausages to buy, or just one type. Really, I don't often like to mix sausages. I think I, I, I think, and, and I assume that we're on the same page about this. I go to the, the grocery store and I look at the glass case and I look at the the hot Italian sausage, the kielbasa, the Polish sausage, and as much as it pains me to, I feel obligated to pick one type. Um, and now that I'm thinking about that, maybe that's not necessary. Maybe I could mix and match. But it's it's odd, isn't it, that, that we would describe it as a Polish sausage and, and not as a, a more specific type of sausage, since I'm guessing the, the country of Poland has produced more than one type. But so when you're there, you're looking at the glass case, you're looking at the hot Italian sausage, you're looking at the Polish sausage, the kielbasa... Uh, there might just be even just a nice kosher hot dog. Sometimes if you're lucky, there'll be a, uh, like a fancier hot dog option in the glass case. And, and you, you, you maybe chat with the butcher, with the sausage maker. Um, 
who again may be a distinct person from the butcher, but in this case it's hard to tell when you're just at the grocery store. And then ask him, you know, perhaps what, what type of sausage he, he thinks you should buy, what kind of sausage he prefers. Sometimes you might get a, a friendly answer, sometimes it might be a little curt because he's having a rough day, and I don't begrudge him that. Uh, he's not obligated to, to, to be chipper every day and in every minute, and I don't think we should expect that of, uh, of our butchers and sausage makers. And then you pick out a sausage, and uh, the butcher wraps it maybe in a nice butcher paper, which is, as we all know, uh, one of the best uses for butcher paper is wrapping sausages and other meats for sale to the public. And then you, you probably um, will go back to the grocery store and, and buy a couple of other things that go well with sausage. Uh, obviously, buns are not essential, but pretty close when it comes to eating sausages. Um, if you don't already have a mustard in your, your refrigerator, your refrigerator, apologies, I try to avoid using slang terms on this program. Um, you could buy like a nice uh, Dijon mustard or a honey mustard. Um, but once you have all your groceries intact and uh, the various accoutrement of the meal collected into the basket, you go and you pay for it. And at no point does it occur to one to ask how that sausage is made. Because no one wants to know how the sausage is made. It's clearly a filthy process. Uh, I can't imagine how a living animal is turned into uh, ground-up meat with spices and then inserted into a casing of some kind. But that has to be an unpleasant process to experience, both for the animal itself and for the workers involved. I think that counts as politics. Now, that is in contrast to this episode of politics. Oh, politics. Oh. Wow, that is uh, having... Look, this is another... This is actually good. This is good. Um, the name of the show, of course, is politics. And that's spelled P-O-D-I-T-I-C-S. It's very close to the word politics, and that was intentional and continues to be intentional. It does make it difficult to say, however. Uh, so I've probably misstated the name of this program, which is Podotics, with a D, P-O-D-I-T-I-C-S. I would say at least once or twice throughout the history of the program. And while it's never a pleasant experience to uh, misspeak a word. I think it does reveal that, uh, like you, I'm only human, although I am a political expert, which may make me seem superhuman in some ways. Uh, in fact, I am as prone to mistakes as anyone, well, less than most people, let's be honest. I am certainly less likely to uh, say something stupid about politics than... No offense to the average listener of this program, because the chances are good that you are not a political expert, whereas I am. Uh, but if you listen closely, you can probably hear me accidentally say the word politics instead of the name of this program, which is politics, throughout the history of the program. So that's kind of a fun uh, game you can play 
as a new listener especially, um, starting from episode one, just just listen for me accidentally saying politics instead of politics, and then you can mark down at what time that happens and uh, send it in to our email address, which is politics, P-O-D-I-T-I-C-S, at gmail.com. And I believe that Gmail stands for Google Mail. But don't send it to politics at googlemail.com. It will not be received, at least not by me. So now if you, um, to, to get back to the episode, uh, at this point in uh, this episode of Politics, um, I'm kind of going through a little bit of a mental exercise. And what that exercise is, is naming the United States Senators from the state of Illinois. Uh, now, there are varying opinions on what constitutes political expertise. I don't think someone has to know every single senator, since there's a lot of them. I'm not sure exactly how many, but there's clearly more than 10, less than a million senators. But I think it's, it's, it's a good way to show that you're paying attention to politics and that... Um, you know what you're talking about and so while it's not fun to show off well it can be fun to show off uh, it's not good to show off it could, it's fun but it's a little bit um, look at me you know it's kind of got that look at me quality like oh I know all the senators oh I can name the senators from Illinois I mean no one really wants that um, no one wants to be around that although now that I say that if you ask me, Tim S., do you want to hang out with somebody who can name all of the senators? Personally, I would say, well, heck yes. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so that's perhaps a bad example. But in this case, it was important f- for me to be able to show you, the listeners of politics, that I know what I'm talking about. And... Um, while it took a little bit for me to remember them, I was eventually able to remember uh, both senators from Illinois, not to brag, um, although sadly I have since forgotten them. Okay, so this is, uh, took me a second to remember. I think this is me, again, the host of politics, Tim S., uh, describing various subject matters that do not constitute politics. Um, it's kind of an ongoing uh, topic of conversation on the show. You know, if, if this is indeed a program about politics, and it is, then must, must we, mustn't we, must not we define what it is to not talk about politics in order to talk about them? Um, I realize that's a very complicated sentence that I just said. 
and so that that's one thing right there that I just said. Uh, what does vinyl siding taste like after a soft summer rain? That is not politics. Um, it might be an interesting thing to think about or even to experience. I, I myself have never uh, licked the side of a house after a soft summer rain, but I won't pretend that I'm not intrigued by the idea. Um, so these are just a couple of things that I expect it would taste a little bit dirty, but less so than before a soft summer rain, since, of course, the rain itself would wash off some of the dirt. Um, and then, of course, the vinyl siding itself would probably have a, a, a plasticky taste to it. Although, who's to say? Uh, truly, the only person who could would be someone who has himself or herself taken a lick of the vinyl siding of a house after a soft summer rain. But the point of this is that such a subject matter does not constitute politics. Uh, and so we have laid that out as a way to carve out the subject matters we shall not speak of on politics so that there is more space to speak of things that are politics. So I hope that's clear. And I'm sure it is. It's a great question, Tim. You know, I'm a little sad we never actually got to answer the question that I just posed there. <laughs> Is a blimp a kind of balloon? Um, in, in a different life, perhaps, uh, I would have started a program not about politics, but about other things, like blimps and balloons and what vinyl siding tastes like after a soft summer rain. Uh, you know, I think we can actually get into this since this is a commentary track episode. I'm a little sad that I can't talk about stuff like that on politics. I think as much as uh, politics is, of course, the most important thing to talk about, since it's where all the big boys make the big decisions... I feel like it, we, we, we sometimes lose track of the simpler things in life, uh, like blimps and balloons and vinyl siding. And maybe that's a little bit sad that all of us spend so much time thinking about presidents and uh, senators from Illinois and Steve Blannon and not enough time thinking about, hey... Hey, that blimp up there, up there in the sky, is that a balloon? Isn't that just really a big, fancy balloon, if you think about it? And even if that's true, does that make it, does that make it any less impressive? But unfortunately, that is not the podcast that I decided to start. Um... I don't know what that podcast would be called. Maybe it would be called uh, Politics, etc. Mm. Oh. 
Huh. Hmm. I'm gonna file that one away in the uh, the old ideas box. The ideas cabinet. You don't really file things in a box. You, uh, you file things in a cabinet. So we're, I'm going to file it in my ideas cabinet, which is not a literal cabinet, of course, but it is a piece of my mind, part of my mind, uh, where I place ideas that I have, but that I do not have the time to implement. I just kind of open up the ideas cabinet and drop them in there alphabetically. Because I think that's the best way to file things. I know other folks prefer other methods, such as chronological or by color. But I'm I'm old-fashioned. Alphabetical is the way to go when it comes to one's mind's idea cabinet. My personal diary, the politics journal. Ah, uh, okay. So we're we're getting to the uh, final segment of the program here. Um, this is the worst day of my life. This is a hard. Steve Brandon is gone. This is this is this is a hard uh, oh, thing to listen to and to, in a sense, re-experience. Uh, as a reminder for those who haven't listened to this episode yet, and again, not to chastise you, but I do not understand why you're listening to this commentary track if you haven't already listened to the episode. That strikes me as a very silly thing to do. Uh, not quite a waste of your time, but certainly a waste of my time, which is insulting. Um, but this is uh, me, Tim S., the host of Politics, uh, recounting his time, my time, in uh, working at the White House for my uh, idol, my mentor, the father that I never had, Steve Brannon, um, who I know a lot of people have complicated feelings about, but... Uh, he was a great boss. Well, he was a boss. And my memories of him are left behind. It's been a tough time uh, dealing with the fact that he's no longer a part of my life. And I'm still processing these things in a way. I think you can hear the pain in my voice during this episode. Even as I try to keep it together while reading from my journal. But I think it's appropriate for someone in a position such as mine, as a political expert, to keep his emotions separate from uh, the political analysis and the uh, political ruminations that he does. So while I'm not ashamed of my strong feelings for my former boss and forever idol, Steve Brannon, I'm a little ashamed at how much I let them out in this episode. Um, I don't think that human emotion is a bad thing, necessarily, but I feel like uh, it is inappropriate to express it in public. I think that human emotion is something that should be expressed exclusively privately, um, preferably in windowless rooms, so that one does not accidentally uh, expose said human emotion to other humans 
Um, and occasionally maybe with friends and family, but only, uh, only ones whom you've already, uh, ones whom, whom, ones, the only friends and family whom, uh, for whom and to whom you have lost respect and or do not respect you. So, human emotion should only be expressed in windowless rooms to avoid accidental exposure to members of the public and to friends and family uh, with whom you have no mutual respect. And that, I think, is um, an uncontroversial opinion, and so I will not explain it further other than to say I apologize for any inappropriate expressions of emotion that occurred during the recording of this episode and that may occur in future episodes and that have occurred in past episodes. You deserve better from me. Maybe I, uh, failed to counter the rude and, and, and slanderous things said about him by other White House staffers and their staffers. You know, and in a sense, this is difficult to listen to, as it was a very uh, difficult part of my life. And difficult things are difficult to listen to. That's a, uh, a little uh, mnemonic you can remember. Is it a mnemonic, or is it just a, a phrase? Not sure. Um, Jazz, please look that up so that we can clarify that for the listeners, the politicians. Um, and while this is difficult to listen to, I think it is important that you get an insight into all the, the things that made me who I am today, uh, my time working with Steve Brannon, uh, and the impact it had on me, is very important to informing my political analysis in 2019, um, in a now Brandonless era of my life. Uh, some of you might be wondering, am I still in touch with Steve? And the answer is, in a way, um, I regularly send him uh, emails, tweets, uh, friendsters. I think you call it a friendster when you contact someone on friendster. It's called doing a friendster. Uh, I uh, found his P.O. box number, and uh, I sent him just a postcard a day, which doesn't strike me as excessive. I feel like multiple postcards a day would be a little bit annoying, uh, but every postcard uh, contains um, kind of an update as to what I'm thinking about, uh, what I think about Steve, something that maybe reminds me of him. And, you know, I haven't gotten any responses yet. And uh, while that does make me a little sad, I like to think that he is waiting until the right moment to collect his thoughts and kind of 
transfigure them into uh, one long, very well thought out and uh, passionate missive where he will express his admiration for me as a, as a, a co-worker and an employee and his, uh, well, political heir in some ways. Although, as I believe I have said previously, I do not agree with all of Steve's politics or even any of them, but uh, one cannot deny his importance to political stuff that's happening. And what is politics if not uh, being an important person who has influence on things? Really, that's what all, politics is all about in my book. So, uh, I expect I'll hear back from Steve one of these days, and I'll continue sending him a postcard a day. Uh, and if you're wondering, uh, yes, I do send a different postcard every day. I like to spend at least one hour a day um, going to different stores around town. You know, boutiques, uh, gas stations museums, and picking out uh, 20 to 30 different postcards to send to Steve because I feel like it's just a fun, it's a fun thing to do. You know, I, I expect every time he gets a postcard for me, it's a nice surprise. Sometimes it'll be the, the big spoon with the cherry on it that's by the one museum in Minneapolis, which is a city I don't live in, but I visited. Uh, sometimes it'll be uh, the Eiffel Tower, in France, which is also a place I do not live and have not visited, but uh, would like to someday. Uh, sweet and sour sauces. It always reminds me of Steve. Uh, it, some people might have been annoyed by the fact that many things in the office had uh, residual stickiness from the sweet and sour sauce that coated much of the food he consumed and consequently was transferred to the things that he touched subsequent to consuming said food. I found it a little bit endearing, though. Um, while it was not sanitary and it did make the office stink, Kind of like uh, hot garbage in summer. Um, you know, you learn to love the things about someone, even the things you don't love, because you love the person. And to me, that's all, all what respect is all about. It, you know, I might I might not like the fact that uh, sometimes I got glued to my chair because of sweet and sour sauce that Steve spilled on there on purpose. Uh, to do a trick, but I know he meant well in a way. Uh, he did it as a sort of, you know, a way to keep the mood lively in the office. Um, and he did eventually uh, compensate me for the dry cleaning costs. Granted, it took two years for the check to arrive, but it did arrive. Um itself coated in a thin layer of sweet and sour sauce. Why? 
Anyway, um, I think that'll about wrap things up for this commentary track. Uh, Jazz, uh, thank you for recording this. Not an episode. This is not an episode of politics. This is a commentary track for round one. Oh, wow. Wish it was round one. Was I ever so young? Uh, This is a commentary track for round seven, episode one of the podcast Politics. Hosted by Tim S. Entitled A Hypothetical Political Expert. And uh, with that said, take it away, Tim S. Exact revenge upon all those who have destroyed the career of my beloved mentor, Steve Brannon. And that's the end of the first entry from my politics journal. Uh, so that <sighs> brings this episode to a conclusion. And I bid you all farewell and adieu and a happy politics tomorrow and a happy politics tomorrow. Mm. Uh, politics. Politics. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.